You listen to me. You're Nick fucking Woo Cage! Hello and welcome to the Nick fucking Woo Cage cast. My name is Rob Humphrey and I am joined as always by Cat Valor. Cat, how are you? Uh, doing alright. Uh, how are you? I'm hanging in there. You know, this uh, holiday weekend as we're recording this is coming to an end. And I feel like it went by too fast. Usually, the uh, holiday weekend, you know, is nice and relaxing, but this one flew by. Yeah, I feel like this one has ended pretty quickly. I slept through a lot of it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it, it does. It feels like it went by way too fast. Yes, it, it certainly did. But uh, we are here to talk about Nicolas Cage, uh, in, uh, specifically the 1994 movie Trapped in Paradise. And it's fitting that we're doing this movie right now because it uh, has a bit of a Christmas theme to it, which I didn't realize. So we, we talked about this a little bit last week uh, where I had watched the wrong movie. I <laughs> was really agitated because it's like if we had waited one more week for Trapped in Paradise, we would be watching it during Christmas season. <laughs> And yeah. then, you know, me being an idiot, uh, <laughs> we yeah, were turns, waiting one more week. Yeah, it turns out, uh, well, it worked out well. I mean, we missed a couple, we've missed a couple of weeks since we started this show for various reasons. Life gets yeah. in the way sometimes. Um, but it all feels like it was worth it to to get this in at the beginning of Christmas season. Yeah. Um so yeah, we'll be talking about Trapped in Paradise. First, though, some Nicolas Cage news. I didn't have a lot. Um, but there is a, um, an interesting story that, uh, Nicholas Cage says that, uh, he expects to be working less soon. Yeah, I saw that. Um, yeah. uh, he's, uh, getting ready to turn 60 years old and he said that, uh, that's, he plans on making less movies. That's, uh, I think he's just giving us time to catch up. It could be. <laughs> <laughs> It could be there's I somebody mentioned there's like a hundred and twenty movies or something he's done already or something stupid like that. Um, but I, I don't know. I also don't know whether I believe him or not. Yeah, I, that's the thing is um, it, that's one of those things everybody says. Uh, mm -hmm. I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it does say here that this story that I'm looking at now says he has three or four movies lined up to release next year already. Um, so I you know I don't know I I don't know whether I actually believe it or not. It is the kind of thing that people say, especially uh, perform like athletes do that a lot, right? How many times do athletes say they're going to retire, yeah. but then they end up coming back? Um, and I feel like he at one point he said that he was making so many movies because he had to catch up. Uh, on what he owed the IRS <laughs> um, and then that bill was settled uh, but he's just continued to, to crank out movies so I don't I don't know I don't know that a quiet life is for Nicolas Cage but we'll see I guess I can so I can see this going one way I can see him saying that he's going to retire and then somehow doing more movies I, I could also see him saying that he's going to retire and then getting like a really batshit insane hobby uh, that he pursues very publicly. <laughs> that would be all right. Yeah, that'd be kind of fun. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know I, what I it would be. The, you know, I, but... I miss the movies. but And also, it, he doesn't... I guess he's not really saying he's going to retire. He just says he's going to be working less. Working less, yeah. That's yeah. how he phrased it. 
Yeah. So instead of, you know, 10 movies a year, maybe we get five. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, that's uh, that's all the Nicolas Cage news that I had. Did you have anything you wanted to mention other than that? No, I had that pulled up just in case uh, okay. you hadn't seen it. But I and I'm glad that we're talking about it. I, I hope that we keep getting a decent amount of Nick Cage movies. Yeah, I, I'm not too worried about it. I, I think that we will. Uh, end up get, still getting some Nick Cage movies as as we go forward. Maybe not quite as many, but you know, again, not everybody has to do ten movies a year. You know what I mean? And that's the thing. If he picks like just the, uh, you know, being a horror fan, it's easy to say this, but he's had a lot of fun doing horror movies, and he's mm -hmm. been in some absolute bangers like the last few years. Oh, I would yeah. not mind if he toned it down to just the horror movies <laughs> like yeah yeah i'd be happy with that there's some uh there's been a lot of fun stuff that's come out uh in in recent years with with them all right um i guess that is nick cage news are you ready to jump into trapped in paradise i am 20th century fox would like you to meet the furpo family dave once released from this prison i much like my reptilian brother the pterodactyl shall fly high above my problems Alvin. Excuse me. Well, the sign says take a pen, not take all the pens. <laughs> Bill. Look at that abandoned car. <laughs> it's my car. Oh. Their ma. Beautiful dreamer. Hey, Edna. How would you like to ride in the trunk of the car? Edna. Edna. Are we sleeping together? I think not. One big temptation. Forget it. Forget what? There's no money in the vault. $275,000. One brilliant plan. This is a robbery! Who's got the key? Raise your hand! Oh. Do you boys really want to do this? Absolutely! But on Christmas Eve, it doesn't seem right. One huge mistake. I just did what the map said. I made four lefts. Four lefts? As I start going, you idiot! Robbing the bank was easy. Well, we're not dead, if that's what you mean. Why don't you come join my family and me for a wonderful Christmas dinner by the fire? But surviving the nicest little town in the world... Here we are. That's the hard part. Come on in. I just want these people. I don't want to get to know them, all right? If you don't give me that money, I'm going to throw your mother out the window. All right, all right, love you too. Do you need any money? Oh. No, we, we've taken more than I share already. <laughs> 20th Century Fox presents the story of three brothers looking to get out of paradise. Is there a bus or a train? Any way they can. Ah! Ah! Nicholas Cage. I'm getting this feeling that you're not telling me something. John Lovitz. Yeah, but this feeling you're getting is paranoia. Dana Carvey. Come on, let's just go. Trapped in paradise. Don't aggravate the old witch. I wish I was a witch. I'd shove my broomstick right up your... Ah! <laughs> Trapped in paradise came out December 2nd, 1994. Um, it, I, I don't see a budget for it anywhere. It's not listed here on its Wikipedia page anyway. It did uh, $8 million at the box office. Uh, I don't know what it... I, I, it's it's one of those movies where I'm not sure whether it costs a lot of money or a little money to make. To be honest with you, <laughs> <laughs> you know, did it did it cost more than eight million? I mean, it's got three pretty big names in it, um, especially yeah. for the for the early '90s with Nicolas Cage, John Lovitz, and Dana Carvey. Those were three rather large names at the time. 
Um, so I, I don't know. Anyway, um, I also saw that John Lovitz apparently <laughs> he said that the cast and crew, or at least part of the cast and crew, hated working on this movie, and they started referring to it as trapped in bullshit. <laughs> um so so there's that too apparently it was not uh it was not uh the best set to work on or just something that uh people weren't excited about being on uh either way let's uh talk about nicholas cage in trapped in paradise what do you think of him uh i thought he was good this was not an ex like an outstanding performance from nick cage but it's one of those situations where it's like, I think the movie maybe didn't know how to use him properly. He had a mm -hmm. couple moments where he really got to shine uh, and he's entertaining to watch in it, but it, it's not his best performance. We don't see a ton of range here. Uh, we don't get to see any really bold choices. Right. Yeah. I will say there's, there's no bold choices, but I do like that. We got to see a little bit of, uh, the pantheon of what he can do, right? I mean, because he's, he's for all intents and purposes, the movie has him playing the straight man to John Lovitz and Dana Carvey, and which is the right call, uh, because we know that Nicolas Cage can be funny in movies. We've yeah. seen him do that, but John Lovitz and, and Dana Carvey are comedians, and they should be the, the comedic, you know, the, the two comedic roles in, in this film. Um, but also while playing the straight man, we get to see him freak out a couple of times and start yelling at people, which I enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there is throughout the movie, um, just sort of that, that simmering frustration that it seems like it's always on the verge of boiling over, especially when he's dealing with John Lovett's character. Um, so I, I really enjoyed his, his performance in this movie. I thought he was a, he was a lot of fun to watch. I will um, say. It is interesting, though, because even though he plays the straight man, I do think all of my favorite moments from him are the ones where he's snapping and not, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it makes those moments great, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, when he when he does snap. I um, And you said no bold choices, and you're right. Nicolas Cage doesn't make any bold choices with the character. He plays it uh, pretty, pretty down the middle. Uh, boy, I got to tell you, I cannot stand that voice that Dana Carvey was doing throughout this movie. I hated that voice yeah. so much. <laughs> it was so annoying. Like, uh, at first, I I was like, "Oh, he's doing a funny voice," and then <laughs> I like the dread that set in as I realized he was going to keep doing the voice the entire movie. It was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> yeah, I I don't know what that was about. I wonder if that was him trying to out cage Nicholas Cage. I don't know. <laughs> like, I I don't know what what inspired that choice or what why he did it but it drove me nuts throughout the entire film i hated it so much yeah <laughs> um but i did like nicholas cage in this movie the the movie itself i found to be uh rather uneven like I, th I thought the first half was a lot of fun and then the second half where it gets really schmaltzy and christmasy and and everything i was starting to i was starting to get a little bored i was so bored i did not think that the first half was fun i was kind of irritated oh really um yeah the, a lot of the humor in this did not land for me and, and a lot of the humor that did land was nick cage being frustrated mm -hmm. um <laughs> you know I, yeah so i was not having a good time and then it started to settle down and there was like there was a lull in the middle where i was slightly less irritated um because like some of the over-the-top like setup kind of had been 
done we were done with it and i was like okay we're finally getting into this and i was okay with it for like 10 to 15 minutes in the middle and then it started getting into that like really over the top spirit of christmas like hallmark yeah. stuff that also irritates me so this <laughs> I, I felt kind of sandwiched into personal <laughs> hells in this <laughs> i also I... felt trapped in paradise <laughs> trapped in bullshit <laughs> yeah, I uh, I had a lot of fun with it um, in, in the beginning. I, I was enjoying it. And it was funny because I mentioned a couple of times on this show that I I rented this movie no fewer than three times at Blockbuster back in the day and could not ever make it through. And I can see why, because yeah. I did enjoy the first half. But then once it starts to make that turn into the Hallmark Christmas kind of movie, Boy, is it rough. And I could see if it's I didn't have to watch cool. it for this show, I may have turned it off again. <laughs> and um, it's so long. That's like, the thing. <laughs> the movie is easily 30 minutes too long. It, yeah, it's like it's I'm rounding up just a little bit. It is a two hour film. Yeah. I think it's like just a few minutes short. Yeah, I don't remember the exact runtime, but, but it's 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 too damn long for what it is. So um long. Especially because it feels like it's ending in a couple of different spots. Yeah. Like and there then, are, and then it just keeps going. Yeah. Somehow. I, it's, it feels like they were trying to pad out a movie to 90 minutes, but past the 90 minute mark. Right. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. Like they overshot it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I understand. Yeah. I could, I could definitely see that. It, um, it, it is for me, I, I felt it was very uneven. Um, I will say, Along with Nicolas Cage, I thought John Lovitz was tremendous in this movie. Um, I really enjoyed everything that he did. I thought he was really funny. And it's a weird character for him to play um, because he's sort of this low-life criminal type guy. Uh, but I, I thought that he was really funny in the movie, too. And, and I thought his performance really worked. I was not as impressed with his performance. I, I haven't seen him in a lot of stuff. I feel like he played the character that I always see him playing and stuff, mm -hmm. but I always see him in like smaller roles. Usually yeah. um, I, I saw like a lot of those like 90s sitcoms cameos that he did, right. I guess is where I know him from best where he, he always kind of plays the, the, the sort of shady, like funny guy that's in the background. And I feel like that didn't need to be front and center the way that it was okay. <laughs> like, uh, it just works better for me in in smaller doses, but I but I don't think that was necessarily a problem with his performance mm -hmm. uh, so much as it was the writing. Yeah, you know, it, it it's one of those lines that's kind of hard to tell where my frustration is, and I think it might have been with the script. <laughs> <laughs> I I really did enjoy seeing him front and center. I, I had a lot of fun. I I I like him. Uh, as a as just somebody who did like whenever I see John Lovitz, I'm like, oh, it's John Lovitz, great, you know. Yeah. Um. So I I enjoyed seeing him out, out front and center. I I'm getting the feeling, Cat, that I may have liked this movie more than you did. Um, I think maybe you liked this. Yeah, movie and I did I love did. this movie, but I I did enjoy it. Um, it will not be making my annual Christmas rotation, uh, or anything, but uh, but I, I did enjoy it. Um. I will say that the, um, so I put the sleigh chase at the end, but actually it's not at the end. It's more towards the about three quarter point. I just <laughs> thought it was the end. Yeah. Uh, when the, uh, FBI and the police are chasing them as they're trying to flee in a, a sleigh being pulled by a horse. Yeah. Um, 
that was so confusing. Like it, there were these cars that were crashing and I couldn't tell if those were just random cars or the cars that the, the Richard Jenkins is one of the, is like the main FBI agent. And I was like, is he in that car? Like I could not figure out what was happening during that entire chase. I was so confused. I almost backed it up and then I saw how much of the movie I had left and was just like, <laughs> never mind. Right. Clearly, it's not that important. This is not the climax of the film. It feels like it's the climax of the film. <laughs> it really it feels like it should be. And it's like, it's not the only scene that feels that way, but I do feel like it was the one where I was most convinced that the film was ending because it's a sleigh car chase scene. Right. Like, <laughs> It, there should have been that and then like a two minute wrap up and it would have been fine. But yeah. yeah, I had no idea what the hell was going on in that scene. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's shot in a very weird way and it, the, the way the, it was edited together or something, it was very confusing. I also there were a couple other scenes like that. Again, I, I think that was the most um, like notable of them because it was so dramatic and it felt like it was supposed to be very important but there were other scenes that were just kind of like edited together in a strange way where i got a little bit confused mm-hmm. um like when they dropped the money off at the church like yeah. that didn't register right away that was a church for me and then you know i i don't think i got it until later when they're talking about like where they dropped the money and he's like i dropped it off at the church and i was yeah. like and i didn't know if he was lying or not because it was like well he dropped it off somewhere but <laughs> <laughs> yeah the church thing was a little confusing because i was i kept thinking they were going to take it back to the bank president's house yeah that's right, what- because they had been there earlier and the, so they knew where he lived and that's where i thought they were um it wasn't immediately clear until the the priest or whatever came out um yeah there was th- this might be a movie i don't often notice editing in movies but this one uh it, it does kind of stand out maybe this one wasn't put together very well <laughs> I, I think maybe it wasn't put together very well yeah um but yeah it's you know the the thing is they have the sleigh chase which is confusing and feels like it's the end of the movie and then it isn't the end of the movie because they've got to work in that weird subplot with like that mob guy or whatever who's kidnapped their mom yeah all of that could have been cut out of the movie we did not need that no we really didn't and and like it doesn't again it just it felt like padding because why is she there why does she need to be in this like i it was weird right the mom should have been at the very beginning of the movie when we saw her and then that's it we should have never seen that character again we didn't need the mob guy or whatever he was i'm assuming he was a mob guy i don't know he broke out of prison and stuff and the whole thing and if you cut all of that out you're probably looking at a 90 minute movie yeah so i i I don't understand why they they felt the need to fit all that in you know it didn't make any sense him being that that one lady's dad was confusing um also nick cage's arc was really confusing in this because it it's almost like a very straightforward 
character growth movie, you know? Except for he starts and ends at the same point. So it's just like a detour where it's like, it would have been very easy to show him kind of sliding into the life of crime Mm -hmm. that his brothers are in. They could have all been in some kind of criminal organization. Like, there were a lot of options to kind of make it seem more surprising uh, that Nicolas Cage does the right thing at the end, but the arc that we see, it's like, I'm going to send this man his wallet with $800 in it, and then we're supposed to be surprised at the end when he gives back the Christmas money, and it's right. like, I don't think so. Like, yeah, he, I'm kind of surprised he took it in the first place, is the unbelievable part. That's the weird turn in the movie for me, because he literally, they're driving down the road, and he's like, if I had a gun, I'd, I'd rob that bank. Yeah. And you're just like, like what? That is not this character at all. What do you know? I mean, look, and, I, 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 I get it in a way because that bank was just sitting there waiting to be robbed. <laughs> but, it is you know. the most robbable bank yeah. of all time. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, it's a ridiculous turn for the character. And you're right. There's no arc because he starts no. off being like a, a decent, good guy. And he ends up being a decent, good guy. He just takes a detour into being a bank robber for some weird reason. He, he takes the dumbest detour of all time. And here's the thing. I, I could be wrong. I'm not an upstanding, like, moral citizen, like, fictional Nick Cage. Seems to be in all of his movies. Like, we're on a string of movies where yeah. he's like this. Um, but I think that I would be more tempted by the $800 in a wallet that no one would see me take mm-hmm. than robbing a bank for $250,000. Like, right. I just would not want... $250,000, obviously, is a lot of money, but it creates a lot of problems when you have to rob a bank for it. Right. Like, $800 could positively impact my life, and I'd feel pretty confident I could get away scot-free. Like, <laughs> right, I mean, you've I already just... got it, right? Like, it's in your hand, and you didn't have to do anything for it. He literally and, picked up a wallet. And no one's, like, I'm not going to be paranoid about the FBI coming after me for $800. <laughs> right. Like, it's, a, it's an inconspicuous large amount of money, <laughs> which I think is perfect. As a, Yeah, so that whole, like, I did not understand. I, I thought maybe it was a joke at first, because it's like, obviously they're going to rob the bank, but I thought that the brothers were going to, like... I. I don't know. I guess I thought the plot was going to be the brothers trapping Nick Cage in paradise so they could get at the bank, mm-hmm. you know? So it seemed really weird when he's like, I'd rob that bank. <laughs> it's yeah. like, no. Yeah, just out of out of the blue as they're driving down the road. And, you know, maybe that, it would have made more sense if the brothers had robbed the bank and then he was trying to help them get away because he didn't want them to go back to prison, right? Because yeah. they're his brothers. That, to me, makes a lot more sense than him just deciding to randomly, uh, I've been a good guy my whole life, now I'm going to rob a bank. I mean, that's a big step. And and it was the same thing, too, like, on a lesser scale. But when they're running away, I was kind of surprised because he was so, like, disheartened that they were coming out of prison. And then he immediately pretends to be a cop arresting them, yeah, giving orders to other cops, like, to get them you know off after he's seen them do crime and it's like i i had a really weird they kind of flip-flopped on his stance on crime (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's uh it's not a perfect uh it's it's certainly not a a character arc if in in this movie for him at all it's no 
he he begins and ends in the same place, and it makes absolutely no no sense why he he does the why he robs the bank and and all that. It should be noted though, we're looking at yet another movie also where Nicholas Cage goes <laughs> through hell and does not get to keep the money. What is this? Where he volunteers know. not to keep the money <laughs> also. <laughs> like. Um, it just keeps happening for some reason um, with these movies. Uh, I don't know what the tally's at now, but it's got to be four at least, right? It's at least four. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and two in a row. Yes. So um, anyway, that, um, yeah, that, that stuck out to me as well. Like, are you kidding me? He's giving the money back again. <laughs> Uh, and no it wonder. took him so long to get there. Like, right. I, and that's, I think that's fundamentally what I had issues with the, this in this movie is that it's one of those films. It just does not trust the audience to pick up on stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, like we had to see inside of the prison for us to know that the guy wasn't fake. We had to see the mob boss escape and like come down and do crime for us to put together that it really is his daughter there. Like there right. were just, there were so many things uh, that were, we had to have, multiple conversations about the daughter using a fake last name to fit in into the town of paradise and we uh you know the mom had to be in the car for us to know that they cared about her <laughs> and it's just like i so much of this movie felt like just over explaining stuff that we could have picked up from like a couple stray lines in a much shorter film <laughs> yeah yeah um but there was i again though there was a lot of stuff i liked about this movie like as they're trying to escape, uh, right, like immediately after robbing the bank, or hell, even while they're robbing the bank, like just how polite everyone in town was to them was so funny yeah. to me. That was pretty good. Yeah, um, I mean, it was just constantly wherever they went, they were running into the nicest people on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, it was, I, I did find that very funny. Um, I think I'm done with Trapped in Paradise, unless you've got anything else to to bring up. I think just kind of uh, piggybacking on that last point there, one of my favorite moments in the movie, and there were there were a couple like chuckles out of me. It, it's easier to remember the bad stuff, and I've been complaining a lot. Uh, but I do think one of my favorite moments is when Nick Cage has the duffel bag full of money, and he's trying to get the uh, bus ticket, and the mm -hmm. woman pays for it, and he's just like, no. Right. <laughs> like, he looks like he's about to cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, yeah the other thing that i i really laughed and again i i never want this to turn into a this was funny and that was funny moment thing but yeah <laughs> uh, when when they're robbing the bank and they realize the the bank president is across the street in the cafe having lunch and nicholas cage oh. goes over to get him <laughs> and ends up bringing the entire cafe over across the street to the bank at gunpoint was so funny to me i that I think might have been the only like laugh out loud moment that I had in the movie where <laughs> I was like seriously laughing. And I love and I complained about the editing because like the car chase the sleigh chase scene, total mm -hmm. mess. But that was a genius editing moment yeah. because it's like, you know, well, what are we gonna do? And then there's like and then it cuts and there's the bus that's going by that covers up everybody and as it passes, Nick Cage has a gun and there's a whole diner held hostage behind him in the street. And it's like, oh, it, chef's kiss. When he walks through the door and all these people start filing in, John Lovitz has a throwaway line where he's like, Would you bring the whole town to the bank robbery? 
that was it's, good it's a funny moment and um yeah i i i did have a i i had a better time with this movie than i expected to um i i gotta be honest i i, I did uh i do wish it had been about 30 minutes shorter and um i could have done without it turning into a hallmark christmas movie but i did really uh i did really have a lot more fun with it than i ex expected to uh should we get into the bees for trapped in paradise oh uh, yeah let's get into some bees <laughs> what, what is that what is that what is it Oh, no, not the bees! Not the bees! Ah! So we give each movie uh, two scores. The first is a Nicolas Cage score, and that's a score not only of Nicolas Cage's performance, but the film's use of Nicolas Cage, and then we will give the movie itself an overall score. Kat, what do you give Trapped in Paradise for a Nick Cage score? Uh, I give it a six. I, okay. I think that it underutilized him a little bit. Um, even though the dynamic was really good, letting him play the straight man, like you said, that was just, it was a good call. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and I think he did a good job with that role, even though it, it doesn't reach the heights that I, I sometimes like to see from him. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm a, I was a little higher on it than you were. I, I thought that, um, it, it allowed him to do, it, it didn't, there were no outrageous choices made in this movie. Those were all made by Dana Carvey. <laughs> mm. Um, but it did allow have a David Car uh, David Carvey score for this. Yeah. Just so I can <laughs> oh. uh, but it did allow me to see enough of what I'd like to see from Nicolas Cage, like sort of all of it together with him being um, uh, kind of funny and charming, uh, but then also being, uh, you know, that that frustration that's bubbling underneath, which he does so well. And I love it. Um, and we got a few mini little freakouts from him. Nothing major, but some mini ones. I give it an eight. Oh, okay. Um, I thought, yeah, I thought it really, um, I thought he did a great job, and I, I thought the movie gave him enough room. We didn't get, you know, again, it's not Peggy Sue got married, but, you <laughs> know, we, we got some stuff out of him. Uh, what do you give Trapped in Paradise overall as a film? Uh, overall, this was kind of a strange one uh, to to score for me, because I liked it a lot less. Mm -hmm. uh overall than some of the ones that we've seen but i also think uh that it had its mo it had very charming moments um i ended up giving it a four okay i feel like i'm going to remember you know like one month out from this movie i'm gonna remember the complaints a lot more but it really does have little moments in there that yeah that okay. are fun all right, yeah, I did like it a little more than you, um, according to our scores. Actually, a, a, quite a bit more than you did. Um, <laughs> I ended up giving it a 6.5. 6.5. Um, I did think the first half of the movie was really strong. I, I really was enjoying it, and then I could see it starting to turn into what it was going to become, and I was yeah. severely disappointed. But I think I'll remember the first half and the stuff that made me laugh and the things that I liked a lot more than I will, uh, how sappy and schmaltzy it gets towards the end. I do think that's kind of the dividing line because I feel like the sappiness is really going to stick with me. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it, you know, it's one thing when you're watching a movie and it gets a little bit sappy at the end and you're like, you can roll your eyes and, you know, think it's lame and, and it's not going to taint your enjoyment of the movie. But this, like, so long, it went on for so long. <laughs> yeah. Like, over half of the movie is just the town being nice to nick cage and him feeling bad and the, the christmas <laughs> vibe and it's it's a lot 
It was I mean, too they, much for me. They show up at the bank president's house, and of course, they don't know that he doesn't know that he they were the the bank robbers because they were wearing masks. But you know, he gives them his Christmas presents, which he knows are clothes because they need a change of clothes. It, it's just I don't yeah. know. They, there was a lot of that <laughs> stuff that I found really funny, just because how nice the people were. You know, like the, <laughs> obviously these people don't exist in real life, but it, you know, um, I did find it really really funny for the movie. Um, all right, so that is 1994's Trapped in Paradise. Now, next week, um, I think, and we should have maybe talked about this beforehand, there is another 1994 movie with Nicolas Cage, but it's a documentary called A Century of Cinema. Okay. Um, and he is credited as playing himself. I'm guessing <laughs> he's a talking head in a documentary about the history of movies. Okay. Um, my vote would be we skip that. But um, if you want to watch it, then we'll do it. I just have a feeling it's not going to be uh, a genuine Nicolas Cage performance so much as him talking about the history of movies. Yeah, I, I'd be okay to skip that one, I think. Yeah. Um, which then means that we will get to um, his first of only two movies that came out in 1995. Slow year for Nick Cage. <laughs> yes, it certainly was. Um, what I think this movie was really noted for at the time was David Caruso had left a television show that was very popular. Um, I'm trying to find, I want to make sure I get this. Yes. NYPD blue. He had left NYPD blue, uh, because he, uh, thought he was going to be a movie star. Um, and it turns out that the movie that he left that for is this one called kiss of death. Um, and he quickly retreated back to television and landed the gig on CSI Miami. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have seen this movie. I do not remember a damn thing about this movie. <laughs> uh, but I know I watched it. Um, and it has quite the cast looking at it. It's uh, David Caruso, Nicolas Cage, obviously Samuel L. Jackson, Helen Hunt, Ving Rhames, and Stanley Tucci. I think it's wild that we were asking for more Nick Cage and Samuel L. Jackson movies, and yes. here here one is. All right, we get another one, plus uh, re-teaming with Stanley Tucci after It Could Happen to You. Uh, we'll see if Stanley oh, yeah. Tucci gets more than two <laughs> scenes in this one. I had al We recorded this last week. I had already forgotten <laughs> Stanley Tucci was <laughs> It Could Happen to You. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. Um, so here's what I do kind of remember about this movie. It is a convoluted mess, if I remember correctly. Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we'll we'll see. We'll see. It's been uh I it came out in 1995 and uh I probably rented it uh on uh from Blockbuster that same year, um, would be my guess. Uh so we'll see. Um yeah, Kiss of Death next I'm week. I'm excited. On. This is the third and final one from my Nick Cage box set. So, oh, so you've got it. You're set. I have it. Yeah, I'm good I'm, to go. I want to have to scrounge around to see if it's available to stream somewhere. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that, that'll be next week. Uh, Kat, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at cat underscore velour or check out my website, catvalour.com. All right. And you can find me uh, on Twitter and all of the social media at Radio Rob123. And of course, you can listen to the other show that Cat and I do together. Uh, slasher radio all about horror movies and you can find that wherever you are listening to the nick fucking woo cage cast we'll be back next week with kiss of death